Hello, welcome to another episode of the Godfather, Godfather Part 2 Minute. Minute. With me, Alex Robinson. And with me, Andy Robinson. And we're going to talk about Minute Number 63, 63 of the Godfather, Godfather Part, Part two. 2. Alex, repeat after me. Yes. E minuto. E minuto. Numero. Numero. 63. 63. You got it. 60. I like to say san. 60 or 60. No, no, no. You had it right the first time. 60. Yeah, go with your gut when it comes to language. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I should, never mind. <laughs> Keep that filter on, Alex. <laughs> Tell well, us about 63, Alex. Well, in minute number 63, um, Mikey enters the modest mm. Miami bungalow where a friendly woman offers him a tuna sandwich. He follows the sound of the television <laughs> to find a retired investor living on a pension and reclining in front of the television. The older man reveals that he loves watching football. Baseball, too. <laughs> wow. Well, before we get to Hyman Raw. Wow. Uh, before we even get inside the house, we see Mike, uh, Johnny Ola gestures to Mikey like, okay, go ahead mm-hmm. on it. And mm-hmm. Mikey starts going in and Johnny's kind of like trotting away. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Does he, where's he going? Well, don't forget last minute we, we determined that this was Johnny Ola that the old Hyman Roth sent back from the future. <laughs> Just to make sure he got to the door before Mikey, so Mikey didn't see him him. in his His diaper. diaper. (laughs) So Johnny's got to get back to that time machine or else the entire multiverse will be inverted. Why? What happens? Well, you know how it goes with time. Any any kind of, any time you stray from the planned. (laughs) What he wouldn't give for 20 more years. (laughs) Oh, that was the genesis of the time machine. That's it. What I wouldn't give for 3,000 more years. (laughs) Does Hyman ever refer to him? Does he ever refer to Johnny? Does he ever say, talk to Johnny? I don't think so. No. Maybe not even in no. the uh, not even in the cutting up the... I don't think so. Cutting up the cake scene? Hmm. No. Okay. I don't think so. I, I admit, it doesn't sound... Johnny doesn't no, sound like something that you could hear right. falling from Hyman Roth's lips. Yeah. Right? No. Just calls him John. John? John? <laughs> Jonathan? Yeah. I like how you called it a, a modest Miami bungalow. Yeah. I like what, that. That's what it is. Before we go on, as I watch this minute, when Uh-oh. we're looking at the inside of the Hyman Roth's house. Yeah. When I was in high school, I had a friend whose grandfather lived in Florida, in okay. um, Fort Lauderdale area. Okay. And his family was Jewish. And let me tell you, as soon as I saw the inside of Hyman Roth's house, it really reminded me of that year. I mean, this was in the 80s, I guess. or right. Yeah, probably like mid-80s. Yeah. And uh, it's just amazing how just the, the feel was the same. Even though this <laughs> takes place in the 50s, I guess the, I guess my friend's grandfather probably had, because he was old at the time, he probably had furniture from that era yeah. and decor that still lingered from the maybe the 60s. Yeah, that's that 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 uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, there's a certain Miami style. Yeah. Know, uh, so, uh, but yeah, it, this his house does seem also very old fashioned. But I could see how <laughs> if you visited it in the 
eighties, it would still seem, you know, they probably have the same stuff for 20 years in that, yeah. in that house. <laughs> I um, like when you said it has a Miami style, I think in any time Miami is mentioned in the Godfather two, yeah. it should be like, don't come on to bed. I'm going to shoot. No, don't, don't they should insert that sound. Like, bite. like a Samba music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> our old, fr- our, uh, our friend in Miami guarantees. I was thinking actually when you were saying that I was, you know, you just missed it. I was thinking oh. of Miami vice reboot, but with Hyman Roth and Johnny Ola as the two, <laughs> as the two leads. <laughs> Awesome! That's great. It'd be Johnny and I'm thinking of Crocker and Tubbs. Was oh. it, were those their names? Yeah, Crockett, Crockett and Tubbs. Yeah, so it'd be Roth and Ola. Yeah, I'm trying to make, align it a little bit more with the Crockett and Tubbs mm. sound. Yeah, Duds, Duds. <laughs> I don't know. He's like older. <laughs> Wait, oh, so you think Hyman Roth's name would be Duds? Well, so I could John, see giving Johnny, Johnny that name. But Johnny, not Ro- Hyman Roth wouldn't say yes. I'll go with Duds as a nickname. <laughs> what? I don't know. Johnny and Duds, Crocker and Tubbs. <laughs> I can't think of Gramps. <laughs> what? The Hyman's not going to go for any of these nicknames. Yeah, okay. Johnny and Roth. <laughs> hmm. No. Anyway, we'll work out. Yeah. <laughs> So to answer your question, I think Johnny's getting back to the time machine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's what... um, I was also imagining that maybe... Because I was like, oh, does he just go wait in his car? And then I was like, is he he just going home? Because I would have thought he would be like, I'm going to stick around to see how this plays out. Yeah. Or I'm going to either or that, I'm going to need to... I'm going to take these guys back to the airport. So... Because he doesn't just stand around. Does he even move quickly away from the house? I think he... He, he kind, of kind of is, jogs. Yeah, but he's kind of like... Moving along. Yeah. Maybe he wants to get back to the track. Oh, maybe he's got, like, got a lot of money right now to one of those horses. <laughs> then I was thinking, I wonder if he lives like next door. Oh. Because I think if I was if I was Hyman Roth, mm-hmm. I don't know, would you want... I feel like I would want my number one, you know, the same way the Corleones have a compound, mm-hmm. I think Hyman Roth would want his, his friends close. Yeah. Well, like we said though, also last week, for all we know, he owns the entire neighborhood. You know, he he owns every house on the block. That's they're, true. They're all yeah. button men. Maybe you know? Johnny lives a few blocks away, but all of Hyman Roth's enemies live just one block away. <laughs> like, I don't want Italians living in my neighborhood. <laughs> well, because he keeps his friends close, but his yeah, enemies close. No, he got I, it right. He <laughs> made it a whole like cultural thing. <laughs> well, it could be both. Like, okay. <laughs> That's the irony. He has to keep all the people not of his culture living near him, which mm. changes the, the the makeup of his neighborhood. He's like, I, I, I'm always moving, Michael, because I don't like my neighborhood. <laughs> this neighborhood's really gone downhill since I invited all my enemies to come live in my development. My my ethos about how to how to stay in business is at odds with my ethos of the, the quality of the neighborhood I like to stay in. <laughs> Uh, so, so one interesting thing I've thought of while watching this scene is to compare it with other scenes where a big mob figure is is taking seeing visitors. Yeah, you know, obviously the first time we see it is on uh, the on Connie's wedding day. Mm-hmm. And we see the Don accepting 
And uh, it's funny, like we've said, mentioned before, like the image of the Don wearing a tuxedo as if that's his normal everyday <laughs> clothes. We just happens, it just happens to be his daughter's wedding day the first time we see him. Yeah. So the image of him in a tuxedo kind of, uh, yeah. they should have had, um, young Robert, young Marlon Brando, young Vito wearing a tuxedo the entire <laughs> yeah, time. Even when he just came off, the, he was in Sicily and everything. Yeah. That's what Clemenza, oh, I've got a friend who's got a nice tuxedo for that's you. Knew. Oh, that's the origin of the tuxedo is the first gift he was given by uh, <laughs> someone in the business. <laughs> yeah, we don't meet any tailors, right? We meet a, we meet a baker, we meet a, right. few, like a corpse jockey, we meet a, a corpse oh, valet. Yeah. Button uh, man. Button man. We don't meet any tailors. Don't meet any tailors. Hmm. Um, what about in GF3? Do we not meet... Doesn't doesn't the dapper Don... Um, Joey's, ah, ah, he's all slick all the time. It is true. I wear the finest it's Italian true. I have many tailors who work for me. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. Andy Taylor. Does a tailor also get your shoes? I think it's that's a, a well make them or No, you buy them for you hmm. and fit you for them. You know, I don't think Cause so. Because if it is, no wonder that whole intro scene with Joey Zaza, that's what he's complaining about. Because he has a, he's a yeah. stone in his shoe. Yeah. He's like, I've got to speak with that new tailor. What did you come to me for? Why don't you go to a cobbler? <laughs> <laughs> we hear about a travel agent. We never see one. No. <laughs> that we know of, anyway. For all we know, yeah. you know. Um, so you said, why, so we, why don't you go to a travel agent? It's like a little bit of, of a dialogue that's humorous, intended to be humorous. Yeah, our There's a lot of dialogue that is humorous. But there's, I don't know how much of a ton of it is meant to be humorous. I think some of it is meant to, like, I think yeah. in the scene where, like, Clemenza and those, I think in those scenes where they're, like, all hanging out, I think those are scenes, I think those, like, oh, Paulio, you won't see him no more, or, yeah, oh, yeah. poor choice of voice. Like, I think yeah. those are, I think those are supposed to be funny. Is it always Clemenza? I mean, I mean, Tessio maybe, doesn't strike me as a jokey kind of guy. Yeah, He's I mean, more, Sonny with the whole "bada bing," you get yeah. you get blood all over your yeah, eye. That's, that's I, I think intended to be funny. <laughs> and of course, Mikey told that hilarious story about uh, Johnny's contract negotiations. <laughs> <laughs> we have to overdub. Be funny if Mikey was all laughing, and then he, he tells him, "Your blood, or your, your brains, or your signature is going to be on the contract." And Kate is laughing yeah. too. <laughs> Is that a true story, Michael? <laughs> Is it true? <laughs> How do you like the lasagna? <laughs> so, and then in GF1, so obviously that's the big scene. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing this is probably maybe, I don't know, is it closer to GF1 with the Turk meeting? The Don? Yeah, like, that's maybe. not really like a big formal thing. That's just him coming to his office. Although he. I mean, it's semi formal. You've got all the couple regimes there. Fredo's there. Santino's there. You know, they, they have a drink. Yeah, I guess hands. formal, not like black tie. Not the no, way yeah. that the other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think um, we ever see Hyman Roth. And the most formal we see him is in this scene. Oh, I would say that oh, the airport the, scene. He's wearing a suit jacket. I was going to say, actually, during the, during the cake cutting scene. Oh yeah, because he's wearing kind of almost like a like a um, like a sweater, like a Tommy Hilfiger kind of sailor, kind of, you know, like something you'd wear like while you were out yachting or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean that's how they got to Cuba. Maybe he, he took, he took a, a, a ship there, just ninety miles, Michael. <laughs> ninety miles over choppy seas. <laughs> oh, so Simon Roth's got a tailor. 
He's got someone designing his. Oh, yeah, of course. Right? Yeah, we don't see him, though. I'm sure a lot of people. I'm sure Mikey has a tailor, too. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, we walk around in these fancy suits all the time. Do you think Kamenroff trusts a tailor that doesn't speak English? <laughs> oh, Yiddish. No. She would at least speak Yiddish, I think. <laughs> no, in, in all seriousness, does he have a Jewish tailor? Probably. Oh, I don't know. Or does he have an Italian tailor? Hmm, I don't know. I think Italians didn't Italians specialize in tailoring. They're kind of well. I don't know, but but Jews are also famous for like the garment yeah. district. And yeah, stuff. that's true. Hmm, I'm not that's, sure. Yeah. We'll ask. We'll answer. Okay, we'll try. <laughs> See if we can figure out <laughs> would a man of Hyman Roth's stature be more likely to have a Jewish tailor or an Italian tailor? <laughs> All right. Hey, keep your enemies close, but your no. Your, keep your tailor. Keep your friends, keep your 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 tailor close, but keep your enemies tailors closer. Yes, <laughs> he's got twenty tailors all from that. You know what I would do if I let's suppose there was a tailor who. Do you think if you there was a tailor who served multiple dons? Well, Whoa. first of all, do you think that's true? Do you think there's like a famous Whoa. tailor in all like uh, Barzini and the Dapper Don? Yikes! Are, are tailors considered like neutral in the? Uh, or is is does a tailor kind of have to declare allegiance to? Because if I, I was Barzini, I wouldn't want him making suits for any other dons. Yeah. Well, and I was also, do you trust them? Yeah, that too. Because not that you're talking business around your tailor, but I don't know. That's a great question. All all the support staff. Yeah, who's neutral and who's? I mean, we know Bonacera originally did not want to get involved. He no. did not want to go to Don Corleone. He believed in America. Yeah, because he did not want to. Yeah be aligned to one particular family and be indebted. Yeah. Do you think that when Barzini and Tatalia learned that Bonacera went to Don Corleone and Don Corleone did that favor, I'm sure it got around. Yeah. That they would no longer use Bonacera's services? Hmm. I guess that's the same kind of question. At what point does a tradesperson... Yeah, because there are there are like... There are there is some cooperation. Usually, there's mm-hmm. cooperation between the families. Yeah. They're not usually at war with each other. Yeah. So normally, you wouldn't think they would be that like, you know, like, um, like they all use the same judges and politicians and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if well, if Don Corleone's willing to share them, right? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great at the dinner. They have don't... to let him take water from the well. Fartini <laughs> yeah. says, uh, "Well, but he." Don Corleone must be willing to share the politicians that he has in his pocket. I'll do that if you share your tailor. I haven't been able to get a good suit in 20 years. All right. You give me you give me Enzo the baker. I'll give you Bonacera and Nazarene oh. in exchange. When have, I, when have I refused an accommodation? That's really the whole purpose of, of the meeting. I had nothing to do with Mikey yeah. in the war. It was like... We got to give back to, to business. Yeah. We need tailors. We need cobblers. We need well, butlers. Also in GF one, we do see a massage person and a barber who mm. are who are doing services for uh, yes. the, the family. So wow. uh, maybe after the end of GF one, that's when all the families kind of tighten things up. So yeah. we can't just have any masseuse. Because he's going to let the button man in the door. Yeah. Shoot Mo Green in the it's eye. It's easy to like, look back at a simpler time. When, like, oh, you know, we all just used to have one, one tailor for the whole neighborhood. We all used to go to now. Now it's all this. <laughs> My father's... things get so far. Yeah. My father's way of doing business is over. Even he knows that. 
We need cobblers. Cobbler. I don't need tough guys. I need cobblers. <laughs> one one cobbler. One cobbler can make more more money fixing <laughs> shoes than even, even than a hundred lawyers. That's how extreme it's gotten. <laughs> Uh, so what yeah. else you got? Well, so I was talking about comparing the different yes. contrasting, and of course, mm-hmm. uh, in earlier in this film, we saw on people were coming to Mikey and asking for favors and stuff, mm-hmm. and so it's it's interesting comparing this, the way this is handled compared to those other things. Like Mikey's yeah. like brought in with like no fanfare or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, um. Yeah, should we just go through it then, I guess? Go yeah, with. let's do it. Uh, let, let me just say, before we... Well, even before what I was go going ahead, to say... Get it off your chest. Let me just say it. Hyman Roth. This is the first minute we see him. That's crazy. In We've been like making jokes about years. Hyman Roth for like five years now. <laughs> and this is the, literally the first time we ever oh see him. Oh, my gosh. It's... it's uh, we, we've even seen him in Injustice for All before we've seen him in the Godfather trilogy. <laughs> it's true. We oh watched Out of Order. We watched it first when he was older. And now this is like a flashback yeah. within the. Uh... It's just great to see old man Roth. Yeah, this is great to see him. And I want to say, I think it's really interesting that Mikey goes to. So Johnny Ola goes to the door. Yeah. We assume Hyman Roth's wife greets him. Mm-hmm. Johnny Ola walks Roth. away. We assume Hyman's wife goes to Hyman and says, "Mike, hey, Michael Corleone's here." Yeah. And then Michael walks to the door, his wife greets him, and then sends him into the house. Yes. I would have thought Hyman would have gotten up. But is that a power move? Hey, I'm you're here I know you're here, but I'm just gonna keep watching a football game. Well, that's what I, I wrote down. Is it is it a conscious power play? Like is he like, Oh, when Michael gets here, I'm not gonna get up to establish my dominance. Yeah. Or is it like a totally unconscious power play? Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't it didn't even occur to him to get up. Because he was just oh. like, well, I'm just like, I don't get up for anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Hyman Roth. Why, why would I get up for him? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it seems like the benefit of being Hyman Roth is you don't have to get up for anyone yeah. anymore. At, that <laughs> at my point. age, you don't want to get up for anyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, even though it's just 20, even Michael, just 20 feet away from a friendly visitor. <laughs> well, because not only does he not stand up, he, he does, he does like, like, sit up a bit yeah he but then he immediately shuffles. gets back into his like almost ridiculously ultra relaxed pose of like resting his le- like resting his leg up on the <laughs> almost like showing like this is how relaxed i am not only am i not getting up i'm going to recline uncomfortably and rest my knee on this armrest i yeah i i don't know i think it's a little of both i i think I don't think there's a lot that Hyman Roth does not think about. He's always aware he's of... He's always aware The image he's projecting. The, yes. The, yeah. Modest Miami home. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't answer the door. He's watching the football game. He's ultra relaxed. And even when Michael comes in, he's like, Michael, come on. And he gets right back to it. Uh-huh, watching yeah, the game. Totally. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the game he was watching is... Um, uh, University of South Carolina versus Notre Dame. Oh my gosh, Notre Dame! Wow, uh, they are they were apparently big rivals, and um, in this game, uh, here's something interesting: the the USC beat Notre Dame twenty to thirteen. Hmm. Uh, and according to history, at least in our timeline, this game happened on November 29th, nineteen fifty eight. Oh, interesting. Okay. 
And as we know, the Cuban Revolution happens on January 1st, 1959. In the movie. In the movie. Yeah. So this is a, a month and change away from the... Do you think that's more wow. time than you thought? Less time than you thought? Or oh. is is that time... Is the fact that that happened... Did the game happen on that date in their time? Did the game happen earlier in their timeline mm-hmm. as opposed to our timeline? Yeah. It does. I, I think I would have thought more time would go go on bef- between those two events. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's only two months. Yeah, not even like a month and a half. When really. Michael meets Simon Roth or when he, yeah. Yeah. No, I, won't, I won't even say what's going to happen. I want to. Well, so interesting. You said spoilers. You said he meets Hyman Roth. Uh, are we to oh. infer that they have met previously? Oh, maybe when you know, probably when Mikey was a kid, right? I don't know. Well, Hyman Roth doesn't give the impression that he's meeting Michael for the first time. I don't know. Who do you think he was? He just says Mr. Roth. He yeah. says, Oh, Michael, come on. Doesn't he say Michael? Come yeah. on in. Right. But does that mean he knows him, or does it just mean he was expecting him? I think he knows him at some point. Yeah. Do you think he... But did know. he know him? I don't necessarily know if he would know him from childhood. Because I don't imagine yeah. he brought would bring his kids to... To meetings and the Yeah, Jinko I don't think he office. would. Yeah. yeah, maybe not. Well, who knows? Yeah, you yeah. never know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was a little thing, like one time when, uh, you know... Hyman was leaving. He bumped into, oh, children. I love children. They're the most precious commodity. You know, like that. <laughs> I, think Roth, we, I think we addressed that if Roth has kids of his own. We said we don't, we think if he does, they're not involved in the crime. Yeah, in the that's crime right. Business. Yeah, he wants them out. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know if he's, no, if this is the, f- I'm going to guess that they met even business related things mm-hmm. since he became the crime boss. Yeah. Which yeah. was now like four, four or five years. Yeah. Ago. Cause it's a few years. There has to have been some point where he met. Right. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What do you think about Hyman Roth saying, um, asking Mikey, Hey, uh, I, he, what does he say? I love watching the football game. I like his use of, he the says he fo- loves watching football in the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> well, and then he says, "Are you? Uh, do you follow? Um, do you follow the football game? Do you follow the football game?" <laughs> and Mikey says, "Not as much as I used to." Yeah. And Ross says, uh, "It's one of the things I love about this country." Mm-hmm. What does he mean by that? Well, I remember the question I had is, "What else does he love about this country?" <laughs> <laughs> well. You're talking about America, not Cuba, right? Because <laughs> we know what he likes about Cuba. He's very clear about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Boy, an opportunity. Yeah. Right? Well, let's go back. Where is he from? Is he American? Hmm. Um, I mean, that that line, this is one of the things I love about this country, makes it sound like he has experience in another country. I'm going to guess probably he's an immigrant, probably. Yeah. Probably Eastern Europe, but... yeah. I don't know. Okay. Because I, mean, I thought he was a kid when he was started working with Right. Well right. He could still be a he could still be an immigrant. Yeah, I, mean, I guess Vito like Don Corleone, a, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So I, I guess opportunity, that's what he loves about America. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's doing really well. You work hard and you take advantage of your opportunities. Mm-hmm. You can get far in this country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love that. I love that he says As long as you that, never lie about your age. <laughs> 
football and baseball. That's what he loves about this country that that they exist or that he can make money off of them by fixing them. Well, I think he's about to tell us what he how long he's been a fan of baseball. Yeah, um, <laughs> but um, the one thing I like about it is that he says baseball too. And um, I don't know if this is an intentional thing, but I feel like that him saying something too, because doesn't he say, "Oh, we made a lot of money, your father too." Yeah, like he mm-hmm. he does that blank blank too. Yeah, that's like his his uh, kind of verbal yeah. like pattern. So yeah. uh, you know, I like I, that. In one of the deleted scenes, um, Hyman Roth says, "Michael, we're bigger than U.S. Steel and United Fruit too." <laughs> <laughs> they felt it was a little too much. <laughs> it does cut right to dun, 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 like the samba Latin music. <laughs> Here we're bigger than U.S. Steel, <laughs> the Folgers Coffee Coffee Company, <laughs> international business machines. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, of which I do own stock. <laughs> you should too, Michael. Oh, that's where Michael gets his first oh. stock tip. <laughs> You know, in the scene later where they're all in Cuba meeting with the president and they're mm-hmm. passing the, tel- the, yeah, the, gold telephone. T- the gold telephone and the president is or someone is announcing who the different representatives are. Yeah. I think Hyman Roth under his breath is saying this. So and we also have Senor Senor Trudy from United Fruit, bigger than them. And <laughs> so and so from uh, US Steel. We're bigger than them. Small too. potatoes. <laughs> Small <laughs> potatoes, smaller, po- smaller, even smaller potatoes. <laughs> All right, Mr. Roth, we're going to have to ask you to refrain from commentary after each person is introduced. I just want you all to know. So I have a question for you about who is the real Andy Robinson. Who is the real Robinson? I'm afraid we've reached the paywall portion of this episode. You don't say, Hyman. <laughs> well, Hyman, the way we can, the way people can get around this is by going to GodfatherMinute.com/support and and pledging some money every month, dollar for dollar, to get bonus content, and you can get it all right in the archive. And it's just a dollar a week, small potatoes, and so you're just one minute away from a friendly podcast archive. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> no. That was so <laughs>